the school of the spirit. We've been examining in-depth scriptural teachings about the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we took a break in the month of June to talk about a new day, a new song, a new mantle, and a new generation and amazing testimonies. We shared some testimonies at the service last Sunday. We're having CFOP next Sunday. Some of the testimonies we couldn't share, we will share them the coming Sunday. And it is my prayer that your own testimony will be next in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so I, I felt it would be really unfair just to pick up from where we stopped the last time. Many of you have forgotten what exactly we've been talking about. Um, so we're going to bring to our remembrance collectively uh, what we've been talking about. If you've not been a part of this series, it's been very, very rich. Not just because I've been the vessel to communicate it, but the content is rich. And I want to encourage you, all right, to please try to track back and listen to the teachings. Also, um, our cell meetings, we've been receiving amazing testimonies. It just dawned on me that I, I've not been talking about it at the services. Um, we have small groups of people gathering together and studying the word, solidly anointed teachers. You heard um, one of the testimonies last week. So please, please, um, from anywhere you are in the world, you can join to learn God's word. Our priority is you growing in the knowledge of Christ. Being a member of KICC is secondary. The main priority is growing in the knowledge of Christ, whatever ministry, whatever denomination you are, and you want to learn a bit more about scriptures, please, there is a number you can send your details to and you'll be linked up with a squad. Your teachers are solid, 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 anointed. The word is 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 excellent, all right? You're, you're going to enjoy it. Your spirit will be grateful. You will be edified. And the bonds you will now begin to build with your folks is also solid, all right? Praise God. I just felt I should mention that um, very quickly. As we delve into the word for this evening. So we've been talking about the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We've had six parts so you can see that it won't be fair just to jump to part seven. And maybe I should just say what part seven is because it's the part and the conversation about the Holy Spirit that most people are excited, most passionate about. I'm sure there are some that can't wait. Pastor, let's discuss the gifts of the Spirit, you know. And I need to understand you teach clearly, you break it down. I'm sure we get it when you share it, the gifts. And, you know, I have my eyes on some gifts. I know the ones I want. The moment I get them, I'll just wave, Pastor PD, I'm out. You know, I'm starting my own now. Miracles, signs, and wonders, glory. All right, so um, we will have that teaching next week, and by God's grace, you will receive the gifts. And, and yeah, let me just leave that till next week for the agendas in people's hearts that they believe God doesn't see. And they use their mouth to say, God, I need the gift for your glory. But we know you need it for your own glory. And to advance your own cause. But we'll get to that. It's going to be a teaching that will bless you. But let's fast track to one from chapter one to chapter six. And then next week, Sunday, by God's grace, we will jump into chapter seven, where we have a conversation about the gifts of the Spirit. All right. So, by the grace of God, in the first installment, we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we said that the Holy Spirit is the third person, not the third thing. The third person 
of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Old English transcribed his spirit as ghost. So some of us still say the Holy Ghost today. I like the way it sounds, the Holy Ghost. All right. It's the Holy Spirit. All right. And that the Holy Spirit is not God's sudden idea of we need we need Jesus is living, we need to send someone who will go for us. No. The Holy Spirit has always been a core part of the Godhead from the very beginning. The Holy Spirit was not invented by Pentecostals. Pentecostals are not the inventors of the, the Holy Spirit. is the very force of the Godhead, the very person, all right, that has been there from the very beginning in creation. So the first part, what we settled is that it's a family affair. God's plan for his family is that the Spirit of God will rule, guide, and direct our fears as a family. And we read a couple of scriptures. Of course, I'm not going to reteach it. We will just pick some points from each of the installments. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. It's a scripture everybody, everybody is familiar with. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right, and the earth was without form, was void, darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord overed over the waters, and then it goes on to say God said. But the key there is that the Spirit of God overed. The Spirit of God moved. So the Spirit of God didn't show up in Acts chapter 2. The Spirit of God didn't show up after Malachi. The Spirit of God is not in New Testament creation. The Spirit of God was the very force responsible for creation from the very beginning. The Spirit of God overed over the waters, all right? A part of the things we also said is that God's plan is for every member of his family to have his spirit. God's plan is for every member of his family to have his spirit. God's plan is for every member of his family to have his spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Let's read from verse 44, Acts chapter 2. And we talked about the prophecy. Let me not jump the gun. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. This is talking about the apostle Peter's visit to the Gentile. The first Gentile sermon preached was to a military official by the name Cornelius. All right. And Paul, Peter, pardon me, had gone to give them the word. He had released the word, and while he was speaking, the Spirit of God fell, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also <clears throat> was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right, so they saw it clearly that the Holy Ghost was not a reservation. It wasn't a promise for the Jewish nation. It's the promise for God's family. And God's family has you as a part of it. I know you, you're, you're claiming you're from a village in Congo. You're from a village in Accra. You're from a village in, 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 in Lagos. You're from a village in Johannesburg. You're from a village in, in Ottawa, wherever it is you're from. You're saying, I have no Jewish ancestry. But you are wrong. The moment you come into this fold by the blood of Jesus, you have been engrafted into a family, all right? And you are now called by that name, for he is a true Jew, the one who by Christ has been engrafted into the fold. So God reckons you his child as much as Abraham is. You are now, you have a spirit of adoption, wherewith we cry, Abba, Father. So this promise is for you. They saw it, they marveled. They said, wow! These guys are not Jews. They've never, they don't know what a Sabbath is. 
They've never eaten kosher before. They've never, they've never worshipped. They don't even know the Torah. They don't know Jack. They just received Jesus. Now they have the gift of the Spirit. They saw it and they were astonished. And it's the same way God has brought people like us in from our various backgrounds and we can reckon as brothers. Brothers, I can meet you for the first time today and we can have such a bond by the Spirit. It's the same fragrance. It's the same spirit we've been fellowshipping with. We have that kindred bond. It was as though we were born together 50 years ago. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. It's a family affair was the part one. It says, Acts 2, 17. It was recording the prophecy of Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, not upon the Jewish nation, Upon all flesh and your sons and daughters, and we explained this, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18. And on my servants and on my maidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Praise God. I said praise God. So if you missed part one, look for it, a family affair. That was our conversation on the first installment of the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Are you, are you remembering? I hope we're bringing these conversations back to mind. In part two, we talked about the former reign. We talked about the former reign. We read from Joel chapter 2 verse 23, a prophecy of the former reign, of the latter reign, and then of the reign. And the definition of the reign is a combination of the former reign and the latter reign. And we established that the former reign talks about the outpouring of the Spirit upon. The outpouring of the Spirit upon. And we walked through Genesis 3 where we talked about the fall of man and how it was impossible for the Spirit of God to indwell the human spirit. So the best manifestation had to be the Spirit upon. And even at that limited version, limited edition, we saw exploits done. Prophecies, miracles, resurrection of the dead, parting of seas, the Spirit upon. Are you still with me this evening? All right, let's go to Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. So we, we, in that teaching, we talked about numerous exploits done by the Spirit upon, which is the former reign. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately. And it will cause to come down for you the rain. Now the definition of the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So we talked about the workings of the Spirit of God upon. We saw examples of people in Scripture that did exploits. We saw examples of people like Abraham. We read about Samson. We read about Samuel. We read about Saul. We read about Elijah, Elisha. All of the amazing exploits that were done by virtue of the Spirit upon. Alright? Are you still with me this evening? And then we learned also that if indeed as a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit, then you have an advantage. And I just want someone to repeat that after me. I have the Spirit of God in me, therefore I have an advantage. Come on, I need you to say that like you believe it. The Spirit of God at work in me is an advantage, not a disadvantage. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, I'm sure they will put it up for you on your screen. John chapter 16, verse 7. He says, it is to your benefit. It is expedient. 
it is necessary, it is beneficial to you, for you that I go. And the, the disciples are wondering, Jesus, what are you talking about? We've left everything. We know no other life. We know no other place. There's nothing else we know how to do. We followed you these three years, and then you show up one day and you say, it's time to go. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Jesus said, it is good for you. And in the same way, he's whispering to someone right there. He says, it is good for you. If you are fighting, pushing back against the Holy Spirit, you are pushing back an advantage. When Jesus says something is an advantage, it is an advantage. He says, it is expedient for you. It is to your benefit that I go. So that the Spirit will come, the Comforter. The Comforter has come, not will come. The Comforter has come. He is here. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. I just feel led to say it again. That the Holy Spirit is my advantage. Somebody say it again. The Holy Spirit is my advantage. The Holy Spirit is my advantage. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 13 says, if you live after the flesh. Now we spent time also on this to dissect the meaning of the flesh. And the workings of the spirit. And that's age-long tussle, contention, battle between the workings of the flesh and the workings of the regenerated spirit. We talked about that in detail, and those teachings are online everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube. You can find them, you can share together, and you can broadcast the links with your, your folks. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You shall live. Praise God. I said praise God. Okay. So that was part two. Part one, a family affair. God's plan is for the spirit to come to his own family. Uh, all flesh, irrespective of your Jewish ancestry. All flesh, Gentiles. There is no longer Jew nor Greek. There is no longer male nor, nor female in Christ. The blood of Jesus unifies us and makes us a part of his family. Remember Ephesians 2? I think it's 22 that says that wherein all, all right, the, 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 the families in heaven are named. So we belong to that larger family. Praise God. All right. And then we moved on to talk about the latter rain. The latter rain. The spirit within. The spirit within. And we established that for the first time since the fall in Genesis chapter 3, it now became possible again for the spirit of God. Remember the conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus, the Jewish teacher who had come at night <laughs> to query and to learn from Jesus. He says, Master, you're doing these amazing things. Jesus said, except a man be born again. Except a man be born again, Nicodemus, his neurons were going born again at my age, at my size. How do you fit me back in? Jesus said, no, no, no. You are thinking in the realm of, 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 of the flesh. He says there is such a thing as being rebirth again. All right? It's a spiritual event. You don't see it. You might not even feel it. All right? For instance, at the end of this service, we are going to give opportunity to those who are not yet born again. Now, if you were wearing a white shirt when this service started, by the time we are done, guess what? Same white shirt. If you had $2 million in your bank account before you became born again, guess what? At the end of the service, it might be more. I don't know. Praise God. Praise God. The point is, it is not 
an event that occurs in the realm that our senses speak. It's a completely spiritual experience that happens by us acknowledging the death, the finished work of Christ, believing that what he did was good enough as a perfect sacrifice for us, confessing with our mouth that we believe that him as our Lord and Savior, and then as an act of faith, by grace, you are saved. We are saved by this act of faith, true grace, completely spiritual event. Now, once that happens, the regenerated spirit of man, the born-again spirit, now receives the ability to receive inside the spirit of God. No more just upon. Remember, the latter reign is the spirit within, and the reign is the latter and the former, meaning that in our times and in our days, glory to God, we will see an unprecedented move of the spirit upon and the spirit within. All right, this gap of exploits without character is coming to an end because the Spirit of God is doing a perfect work within us and then is moving upon us mightily for us to do exploits in our generation. And it is my prayer for someone under the sound of my voice this evening that you will arise and you will do exploits. Is that the best of God? I said you will arise and you will do exploits in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. So we saw that we already read Acts 10.34. We already read Acts 10.34. How that Peter spoke and they saw the Spirit of God come upon those folks. Yes, so we already read that. Let's go to Ezekiel 36 and see the work the Spirit of God does within. The Spirit of God within is not a bigger spirit upon. No, the Spirit upon is all those things we've talked about. The Spirit within is a work in the heart of a man. You and I know that without God... We are desperately, desperately, thank God for Jesus. We are on the wickedness in the heart. And you see it even in little kids. You are wondering, how did you learn that? Where did you learn it from? It's the nature of sin. They don't need, we don't need a, teach, a teacher for that. It's, it's natural entropy. It's, it's, it's continuous disorderliness. When things are left without intervention... Ezekiel 36, verse 26, it says, This is the work of the Spirit within. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. This is an Old Testament prophecy. And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And we explain that grace is not a reduction of standards. Grace is an elevation of the believer in Christ by the workings of the Spirit within to scale the same standards. For the standard of God remains sure. It remains sure. It remains sure. Glory to God. Jeremiah 31, 33, basically the same prophecy in another time. All right. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts in their hearts. I will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall be my people. We're going all the way to 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me by virtue of the Spirit within. 
From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. I will remember their sin no more. Praise God. I said praise God. Philippians 2, let's read 13 to 15 very quickly in the Amplified. And then we can wrap up part 3. Don't forget part 1. It's a family affair. God's plan is for his spirit to be resident in his family. If you have become a part of that family, it is your inheritance that you appreciate, work with, partner with the ministry and the person of the spirit. Part 2, the former reign, the spirit upon the spirit of God is our advantage, our advantage. Part 3, the latter reign, the spirit within. He says, for it is not your strength, but it is God. Now, when the work has been done on your inside, it is not by your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. So the Spirit of God is that agency that is at work on the inside of a man, a man that you knew last week. A woman that you knew last week, worse than the worst, all right? More depraved than the most depraved. Some, you, you've probably met some people that the wickedness potential they have is almost worse than the devil himself. Well, we say that out of carelessness, though, and ignorance, because the person of Lucifer is the epitome of wickedness, all right? But there are many humans that come close, and then there is a work that is done. Imagine the Apostle Paul, who was breathing fire, spitting destruction, killing Christians, going from pillar to post. And then he shows up and says, I'm born again. I don't blame the disciples that couldn't stand near him. This guy born again. He wants to hold the crusade where all of us will gather. So instead of going from city to city, killing twos, imprisoning five, imprisoning seven, he wants to hold a mass crusade. We will be thousands. Then we will now capture us and say, this is my true color. All right, left to our imagination, the work that the Spirit of God does in the heart is an impossible work. It's mission impossible. Well, look at Paul. Look at Paul. Look at you. Look at who you were. Look at who you are. Isn't it an amazing job that the Spirit of God does? It is God that works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God. Let's read verse 15. So that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of a morally crooked, spiritually perverted generation, among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness. Praise God. I said praise God. I think we are still doing good for time. I want to break a record today. Shortest service ever. Wednesday, July 1st. Praise God. All right, so part four, part four, we, we moved on from the conversation of the Spirit upon, the Spirit within, and we went to talk about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And one of the first things we said about the symbols is that the Holy Spirit isn't the symbol. For instance, today is Canada Day. It's a good day to use Canada's symbol. We know when you check our flag, all right, we Canadians, you know, praise God. When you check our flag, some people, the flag in their head that's green, you know, you know, I didn't see anything anyways. But my, my flag, praise God, praise God. Okay, you know the maple leaf, everybody knows it and sees it, you recognize it. It doesn't mean Canada is a maple leaf. 
All right, it is a symbol. In the same way, we picked four symbols and we said that is not exhaustive. There are lots of symbols used to describe the personality and the ministry of the Spirit. But for our study, in part four, we looked at two symbols. In part five, we looked at two sim symbols. All right. And the first installment, we looked at oil and fire. We looked at oil and fire. And in the last two installments, we looked at wind and dove. Dove as symbols of the Spirit. Please do not allow anybody to deceive you. If someone buys a dove and gives to you and says, take this to your house, take it. Take it. This is the Holy Spirit in your house. All right, please, let's not be involved in such. You know, you'll be shocked that, of course, we will do that. You'll be shocked until the day of desperation and people will do anything. Anything. So please, these are symbols and we talked about specific characters of these symbols that paint a picture of the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So in part four, we looked at oil and fire, solid, powerful teachings. There is no way I can capture everything in a recap. There is no way. I'm not going to attempt to. I want to encourage you to look for it. School of the Spirit, part four. School of the Spirit, part five. It's everywhere. We talked about oil and fire. But let me just give you two scriptures. Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. Genesis 28, 16. We'll go all the way to 19. Talks about the work that the oil does. Sanctification, fuel, light, illumination, the oil of gladness. We talked about all of that. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. Nobody said anything to him. This was him making inferences by virtue of an encounter. Part of my prayer for you this evening is that you will have an undeniable encounter. I know you've been coming to church. You've been enjoying wonderful sermons. There is nothing as powerful as an encounter you cannot deny. Let me tell you why that is important and why the enemy is going to fight it. One of the biggest principles of end-time destruction. Now, listen to me. I didn't plan to teach or preach today. The plan was just to recap, but I feel an ease to say this now. One of the biggest weaponry, all right, of end-time destruction is the principle of strike the shepherd and destroy the sheep. Strike the shepherd and destroy the sheep. Strike the pastor, lose the members. Strike the general overseer, lose an entire movement. That's one of the weaponry for end-time destruction. But when we, when we have the sheep, we are not just sheep following sheeply, but they are sheep with encounter. Then you can strike a million shepherds. Guess what? The sheep will arise. It is my prayer once again for you this evening that you will have an undeniable encounter with the person of Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, in your awake season, in your sleep season, at a time, at a time, I cannot instruct the time, but my prayer, my desire for you, my, my, my earnest prayer for you is for an encounter that you cannot deny, an encounter you cannot refute. In the mighty name of Jesus, praise God, praise God. Verse 18, and, ja and Jacob arose up early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar. Then he poured oil upon the top of it. He consecrated it and now decreed that this, now there is a change of name. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Consecrates us and transforms us to become the house of God. 
Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Verse 19. Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he called the name of that place Bethel, the house of God. The house of God. Oil for fuel. Oil for light. We saw that also. Let's, let's read one more scripture for oil. Leviticus 6 verse 13. The Holy Spirit's working in the life of the believer ensures that there is constantly fuel for the fire. He says the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Child of God, enough of this hotness on Sunday. Hotness in January. Hotness in December. Crossover hotness. Quarterly fire. During the, the revival meeting. And then you go chill throughout. Then we have another Ignite conference. Then you are ignited. Then you now chill throughout. Then there's, a, there's an Holy Ghost meeting or a revival session. Then you fire up. No, no, no. It says day and night. Night and day. The fire should never go out. The Spirit of God supplies that fuel. Praise God. Praise God. We talked about fire. Fire is responsible for fervency. Fire burns. If it is not burning, check it. It's, it's an electric furnace. It's not fire. Fire burns. No, you, you don't see fire and you cover it. You get burnt. Fire burns. Fire burns. Fire spreads. Nobody sees fire burning here. Even if you don't like your neighbor <laughs> and your neighbor's house is on fire, you know that it's going to spread. So you are going to help them call 911. If they are foolish enough to watch their house burn and not do anything, you're going to make it because you know it's going to spread. That's how fire works. Fire spreads. Fire spreads. Real fire spreads. Real fire reveals character. Praise God. First Kings chapter 18, verse 37 to 38. Just to show you this is not normal fire. The fire of the Spirit is not normal fire. He says, hear me, O Lord. This is the prophet Elijah praying at the contest of Mount Carmel. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones. You can see this is in normal fire. And the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. The fire consumed everything. This is my prayer once again for you under the sound of my voice that the fire will fall. The fire will fall on you. The fire will fall on your family. The fire will fall on your spouse. The fire will fall on your children. The same children you've complained about. The same spouse you've complained about. The fire will fall upon them. It will consume everything that is not of God. And they will burn. They will be on fire. They will be fervent in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said glory to God. And then in the next week, in part five, we talked about two more symbols, symbols of the wind and symbols of the dove. Also, I cannot attempt to preach this symbol of the wind, symbol of the dove. Let's just read maybe one or two scriptures. Luke chapter 12, verse 54 to 56. Remember, we talked about the north wind, the south wind, the east wind, the west wind. We talked about all of those we saw in Ezekiel, Exodus, pardon me, Exodus 10. Verse 13, 19, we saw how the wind, you know, brought in the locusts, drove out the locusts. Jesus spoke to us. Thank you. It's there. Luke 12, 54. And he said also to the people, when you see a cloud rise out of the west, straight away, you see, there cometh a shower. 
So it is. So it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be heat. And it comes to pass. The south wind brings heat. The north wind brings winter. It says, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you do not discern this time? How is it that you do not discern when the wind of God's spirit is blowing? And we talked about the wind of, of God's spirit responsible for change of seasons, ushering in dispensations, driving out. All right. We talked about that. I'm not, I'm not going to repreach that. All right. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. This was the, 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 the fulfillment of the prophecy of the outpouring of the Spirit. It says in verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Filled all the house. It is my prayer that the wind of God's Spirit which will fill all of your house. As a church, it will fill all. It will not just be in the ministers, not just in the leaders, not just in the older ones, in the younger ones. The spirit, the wind of God's spirit will fill all in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. And then we talked about the dove. The dove, a symbol of purity. A symbol of the personality of the spirit, of being gentle. A, spirit, a symbol of commitment to pattern. Genesis chapter 8. You know, the, the, Noah sent the dove to find a place. Any other bird will just find any other place. Any place is fine. The Spirit of God searches for pattern, insists on pattern before it rests. Before it rests. Before it rests. So we talked about the dove. Let's just read Genesis 8, 8 to 9 and Luke 3, 22. And also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the earth. Verse 9, but the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. She returned unto him into the ark. But the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her unto him into the ark. So we said that the Spirit of God, like a dove, seeks to rest. Seeks where there is a pattern. Where God's agenda has been subscribed to. And then there is a manifestation of his glory. There is a resting of his presence. The glory that rests. Shekinah, the glory that rests. Always seeking for the pattern of God. The God God's design has it been met. Praise God. And we find in Luke chapter 3 verse 22 that Christ is our resting place. This is another good place for me to suggest to you, child of God. Luke chapter 3 verse 22. To suggest to you there is no rest outside of Christ. The same people you seem to envy and to desire their life. Without Christ, every life, quote me anywhere, outside of Christ, every life is meaningless. I don't care the number of cars. I don't care the number of private jets. You can't fly in one, more than one jet at a time. You can't wear two suits, even if they are $5,000 per piece. You can't wear two at the same time. You can't sleep on two beds. I don't care what that picture of glam looks like. Without Christ, it is meaningless. Christ is our place of rest. Drugs won't give you that rest you're looking for. More sex won't give you that rest you're looking for. Doing more drugs won't give you that rest you're looking for. The only place where we find rest is in Christ. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. The dove, looking about, 
Where can I find rest for my soul? Rest, rest. And then on Christ, it came as a confirmation. This is the place of rest. This is my prayer for you under the sound of my voice, that you will find rest for your souls. Every torment in your life, every torment, every unrest, every turbulence, I speak peace, be still. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody say glory to God. All right, so that was part five. Let me do a quick, quick recap. Part one, a family affair. God's plan, if you are a part of his family, is to unravel the ministry, the person of the Holy Spirit. Part two, the former reign, the spirit upon. Part three, the latter reign, the spirit within. Part four, the symbols of oil and fire, fuel, fervency, burning. The symbol of wind, rushing mighty wind, change of seasons, impact, dove, the resting place. Part six, we talked about the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 to 25, we said the spirit of God bears the fruit of love, the character of Christ in us. Everything you read in Galatians 5, there are dimensions of love because it looks as though we will prefer to choose every other one. I can be gentle, but I won't love you. I can be patient, but I won't walk in. Oh, that word love there is agapeo. It's the love that Christ demonstrated for us. It's, an, it's, it's, it's a love you don't necessarily need to qualify for nor sustain by your behavior. God is saying you can have it towards other people. How, oh, Lord, by my spirit. Galatians 5, 16 to 25. Galatians 5, 16. Thanks. But I say walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you can even see from this further explanation, the personality is showing up. It says, be responsive. It won't force you. It won't force you. It's not a demon. It won't force you. It says, be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh, the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. It says, for this sinful nature, the flesh has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. Desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, constantly in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. He says, but if you are guided and led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the practices of the sinful nature, clearly evident, sexual immorality of all kinds and dimensions, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, hmm. idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, even some of these things we see in God's house, it ought not to be. Factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, other things like this. It says, I've warned you before, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love, is love and unselfish concern for others. Joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Against such things, 
there is no law. What a, what a journey we've, we've had. Next week, Wednesday, by God's grace, I want to invite you to join us as we begin the conversation on the gifts of the Spirit. You know, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Next week, we'll be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I know you are going to be blessed. I know some of you are really expectant to have the conversation. We will, wherever you are, I might have broken my record. I'm not sure. <laughs> but wherever you are, say, Father, thank you for your word. And just one prayer. Father, I give your spirit maximum expression in my life. This vessel totally yielded to you. Today is the 1st of July. It's a good day. It's a good day to make this commitment. I am totally sold out. Totally yielded to your spirit. Completely sold out. Completely sold out to you. Completely, completely sold out to you. I give you free way, free way, free way. Have your way, spirit of the living God. I refuse to grieve you. I refuse to oppose you. I choose to be responsive to your guidance. I nurture my fellowship with the Spirit. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we are prayed. You know we won't end today's service without giving an opportunity to those saying, I'm not even part of this family. The first conversation is that the Holy Spirit is reserved for God's family. And the door to that family is in short. It's not an exclusive cult. The Father's arms are wide open. He wants you to come. You, yes, you, under the sound of my voice. He says, come home. Come home. This is your natural habitat, the place of my presence. You found, you've tried to find rest elsewhere. He says, come home and find real rest. Come home and find real peace in me. I want you to acknowledge this evening, wherever you are, your sin and your need for a Savior. To believe in your heart that Christ died for you. To confess it with your mouth. That he is now your Lord and Savior. Father, I pray for as many of your sons and daughters making this commitment this evening. Today is a good day for salvation. A day they will remember for the rest of their lives. For those rededicating their lives also. Together, I agree with them. As they acknowledge their sin, they believe in their hearts that you came, you died for them. You were buried, but the grave couldn't hold you. And on the third day, you rose again. And as they confess you, Lord and Savior of their life, that you are you rose again and you are alive today, that their names are written in the book of life, that today they have become a new creation. All things have passed away, all things have become new. Thank you, Father, for this perfect work. For in Jesus' name we are praying. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. On Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.